of that song right there. Well, it's all, all the verses are good. But you know, the last one right there said, He's going to never, never leave me or yet forsake me while we're here. But when you get down to the chorus right there, this is when He's sweeping us up to glory. Amen. I love it. I love that song right there. What a great song. Uh, let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. And uh, we'll go ahead and. And uh, can I call on you, Sister Pam Goss? Would you lead us in the word of prayer? Uh, Brother Wayne, I wanted to mention this prayer to us too before we get started. Uh, Chelsea, our, our doctor, made a uh, comment this morning. Her dad is at UAB and heart failure today. And uh, she said, pray for his body for sure, but uh, she's never heard if he's been saved or not from him. So she wanted us to pray for that also. Oh, so yeah. pray for Grand Redfall. Well, I tell you, but before we pray, let's just lift up the ones that we need. Of course, we need to uh, pray for uh, Chase. Um, yes. He's, um, y'all know, y'all might can give me an update. Um, well, I, I, um, they could take him. Well, I talked, you know, I got with Kayla this morning and he was down. They took him down to 1.5 liters, but he still wouldn't stay up when he took it off. So they were going to have to keep him on oxygen. He did sleep. What was it, Greg? He slept like 10 to 4. Yep. And then he went back to sleep after they gave him a breathing treatment. Um, All right, let's definitely pray for him. She feels like they'll be there a few more days. Yep. So. That's South Austin for 12 hours. He was sad about that. Really? Yeah. I figure two, three days. Let's get them up in prayer. Little baby and then mom and dad, and this family, just lift them up in our prayers. It's, again, it's good to see Sister Nell here with us this morning. It's always good to see you in church. Yes. And Jess, missed you last week. Glad to see you back. Glad to be back. <laughs> Understand you was pretty well under the weather. You had, you had it all. So. I had everything. Yeah, it's good to see you back. Uh, anyone else want to lift up in prayer? Nell's sister, Juanita, was. Her service was this week, and they had a, a family thing yesterday. But continue to remember Sandra. Yeah, remember Sandra. And uh, Bo had some started a new treatment this 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 week, and uh, let's, let's continue praying for them for sure. And, uh, yeah. Lift them up. Brother Wayne, I got a call from uh, one of my old coworkers back from I, I started working with in 1972, and um, uh, we. <laughs> Stayed in touch through the years. He's just a good friend, you know. And, uh, and I said, how you doing? He said, not doing good. He said, I got a really bad diagnosis. So he just called me, let me know, and he asked that uh, we keep him in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, um, and so he's uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer, but uh, he's 78. He's, uh, he said, I've uh, he said, I've accepted it, and uh, it's just part of life. I'll, I'll just go as I can and do what I can. So I remember Ed Williams that it does that. Amen. Yeah, I always got to remember, you know, it's, uh, we're in God's hands, and he's in control of all this. And we got to trust in that, and I do trust in, you know, God. Well, you know, he, you know, sometimes we don't understand what's going on or what's happening, and uh, but he does, he does, and he knows the outcome, and it's always going to be for his glory. Always.
that's pretty cool. And you know, our work families, uh, I worked with him 23 years at that company, and I worked at another company 23 years, so I got several work families and church families, and, and that's one of the things that comes along with long-time friendships is, is uh, sad departures, but uh, you, you get the joy along the, along the way, and, and they are family. You know, oh, yeah. I think those people just as fondly as I do just about mm -hmm. anybody. So, not all of them, but a lot of them that I work with. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? Let's get member Maggie and Kim. Uh, yeah, I was just fixing to mention them, are they? Uh, yeah, we can. Have y'all talked to them lately? Talked to Kenneth this morning. He said <coughs> they were staying at home because they didn't want to spread anything, so I think they still feel a little bit under the weather. Let's continue. <coughs> Missed them. They, they've been out for several several weeks now. So, uh, Anyone else? Andy, it's good to have you here. It's good to have you here. Yes. Well, let's, uh, Sister Pam, you lead us in the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for letting us come back to your house today. Lord, thank you for what we feel when we walk in those doors. Lord, you just know that you're going to meet with us today. We're so touched to come ask. Lord, we ask that you just be with each and every prayer request. We, we don't know what everybody stands in need of, but you know all about our needs, Lord. Just be with each and every one. Be with the sick, be especially with little Jesus. Lord, just give his body if it be the will. Lord, give, give his family grace to just sit around that hospital. Lord, we know all about that. Yes. We just ask that you just please be with him in a special way this morning. Be with all the ones that couldn't meet here for whatever reason that, that really had a desire to be here, Lord. But be with the ones that didn't have a desire to be here today, Lord. Just show them what they, they need in their life. What a a blessing the church family is in our Lord. We are so thankful. We ask that you would be with, with each part of the service today, whatever you see fit. If it's to have Sunday school and preaching, just be with that. If it's yes. have just a good old shouting service, yes, just be God. with that, Lord. Yes. Just whatever yes. you have us to do today, Lord. Just be in the midst of us today. Thank you again so much for your blessing. <coughs> Be with the teachers this morning. Be with Brother Steve. If it falls his lot to preach, that he can just preach your words with power and demonstration of the Spirit, Lord. And, and if there's someone here lost today, Lord, we ask that you just show them how easy it is to accept that gift that you freely give, that they would just accept it today and be saved. Thank you again so much for your blessings, Lord. Forgive us where we failed you and be with us today in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll go ahead and take our classes now.
Well, a good chilly morning to everybody. It's warming up nicely. Yeah. Yeah. My thermometer this morning was 11. It's coming to church. It was all the way up to 22. But we came across the river and it wasn't frozen, so it's been colder. It wasn't frozen solid. What's a frozen solid? There was some ice on the banks, yeah. Graves Creek was frozen. Okay. And mine was too. <laughs> that river, that creek's always cold. That's fire. But it is good to see each one this morning. We are in the 11th chapter of the book of Romans. Uh, going to pick up in verse 33. A uh, couple of points to make here that are, that are really important as we wrap this chapter up and get into the 12th chapter. But I want to start off this. Paul's going to, in verse 33, he's going to talk about uh, God. But I want to read quickly uh, one of our articles of faith of what we believe about God. Uh, to, to further back up what Paul says here. But our second article of faith says we believe that there is one and only one living and true God, an infinite, intelligent spirit whose name is Jehovah. Jehovah, wow. <laughs> Jehovah, the maker and supreme ruler of heaven and earth, inexpressibly glorious in holiness and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love, that in the unity of the Godhead there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, equal in every divine perfection, and executing distinct but harmonious offices in the great work of redemption. And if one word stood out to me, it would have been that inexpressibly. Inexpressibly. God can't be described. We can't describe Him. And in this 11th chapter that we covered, Paul had spent a lot of time talking about how that uh, Abraham's descendants were God's chosen people and how that in the example of the, the vine, those in unbelief were broken off and the Gentiles were grafted in. As Paul tries to explain this, and as he wrapped it up, he goes into this in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. What's Paul really saying here to this Roman church? Guys, I don't understand it all either. That's really what he's saying. I've tried to explain it, but hey, I don't have the whole picture myself. He said, God's ways, how deep they are, how rich they are in knowledge and wisdom. And I don't have all the answers. I can't grasp this plan completely that God had from the foundation of the world. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who's given God some advice lately? Or who hath first given to him that it shall be recompensed unto him again? Has anybody bar given, got, loaned anything to God? 
For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Now, the two points out, well, the first point out of this, obviously, is the greatness of God. The second point being, Paul didn't have all the answers. But I want to make sure we have that same understanding. We don't have all the answers either. We don't. And a, what a futile thing it is for a Christian if they want to shipwreck their faith to try to figure God out and figure everything out and understand everything. I know personally of people, one particular one comes to my mind, who has shipwrecked their faith because there was something in the Bible they didn't understand. And therefore, if I can't, if I can't grasp it and understand it, I ain't going to touch it. And they were a saved person. That's what faith is. I'll tell you, folks, there's lots in the Bible I don't grasp and I don't understand. But in the words of my sister, it's not my day to run the universe. I have to take that on faith. And, and you know, some people shipwreck when bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. And they just can't understand. Or, or what's the famous? How could God have done this? And they shipwreck their faith. But Paul's saying, what's what some of the scripture says? His thoughts are so far above our thoughts. His ways are so far above my ways. But I'll just have to take faith that he's still got everything right here in his hand. And one day I will have a better idea. I will have a clear picture of the workings of God, but not in this flesh. Not in this flesh. How can finite grasp infinite? How can mortal grasp something that's immortal? Well, like he said, not only is God unsearchable, so are his judgments. Mm-hmm. We'll say, why did God? Mm-hmm. We don't know God's wisdom. We don't know why God did it. But I, I trust God. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the essence of faith, is, is being able to trust that God in the things that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't even imagine. You know, there was a, a popular contemporary uh, Christian song that came out 10, 15 years ago that's I Can Only Imagine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn that around and say, I can't even imagine. There's so much, I can't even imagine the ways of God and His thoughts and His, I can't imagine. It's just not there in my brain. I have been saved over 50 years, and I still don't understand it all. I don't. I know what happened. I know how I felt, how I feel, but I still don't grasp the whole big picture. I can't. I can't. I'm in a finite body with a finite mind. And what God does is so far above that. Yeah. But I know it. I cling to it. But I don't understand all about it. And I'm sorry, but you don't either. (laughs) Yeah. But don't let your faith get shipwrecked trying to figure out God. No. How liberating that is too. You know, we've we talked about that before. 
Remember the story of Job? Yes. The Bible said Job never sinned with his mouth, with his tongue, of all the things that happened to him. But later in the book, we see Job had one request, and that was to understand why. That's all he asked of God was why. And what was his answer? Who do you think you are to deserve an answer of why? Yeah, yeah. that was the answer. That he got. Yeah. And he was good with that answer. Yeah. He said in the end, I've uttered things I don't understand. Basically, I'll shut up. That's pretty much what he said. I'll put my hand on my mouth and speak no more. Yeah. And why would we want to sacrifice our joy mm -hmm. trying to figure God out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I thought of Job too when, mm -hmm. when you said that. Uh, uh, a lot of people try to counsel God, and God is his own counselor. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no one above him to counsel him, so he's, he, he is the law, and, and he is grace, and uh, his ways are higher than our ways. And Job's friends, uh, as much as they were trying to console him, uh, he called them miserable comforters because mm -hmm. they were trying basically to ask him what he had done to mm -hmm. bring that upon his life. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we've got no business counseling God or trying no. to counsel God or trying to worry ourselves sick, figure it out his ways. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that don't mean we shouldn't seek out his will. No, no. His will out, sure. find out what he wants us to do. But as far as figuring him out, no. Know, no. And not then seek his understanding, you know, seek understanding. Mm -hmm. yeah. But accept that there's limits to what we can understand. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and as a bit of a side note, but not really when we try to think to understand God, do you really want to know the future? No. No, no. no you don't. I don't want to know next week what's going to happen. No. I'll definitely leave that to God. You yeah. prepare for it and change it. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things, you know, we, we talked last week about Paul would ask questions with obvious mm -hmm. answers to make a point. And, you know, with Job, God said, and this is drastically paraphrased, but basically he said, where were you when I created the word? Yeah. Did you have your tape measure out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a little bit of pride in, in us when we feel when we seek out the mind of God. Sure. You know, that's that's pride. Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine what Job thought. Well, no, I, I wasn't here during creation. 
I certainly didn't have my tape measure out. And and then he he said, uh, who's who was his counselor? Obviously, that's an answer. Nobody's counsel, God. Who who loaned him money? Who loaned him something? And that's an obvious answer because he has it all. He has the cattle of a thousand hills. And so these questions with seemingly obvious answers, I think, speaks to pride in our lives. Um, so we have to be careful. And then I thought of the verse in, in Ephesians, um, the third chapter, the 20th verse, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So is it crazy to believe just because? That's what faith is. Just because he's God. If I can use that phrase. Yeah. Anyone else a question or comment on this? Uh, and the point was made that it's a real quick way to have your joy robbed is to start trying to understand God or question God. Yeah. In our hearts. Yeah. We just have to remember, we live in a fallen creation. Yeah. It's the best we can hope for. Yeah. Anyone else? All right. Verse, verse. Chapter 12 talks about Christian duties. And the first one is the surrendered life. But I want to take just a second and let's go over the steps of Christian growth for a minute. Let's think about that. Obviously the first step, salvation. Now that kind of goes without saying. Paul's writing to church people here. He's not writing to lost people. Let's say I was saved last week. What is the, well not only the best, what is the most important next step in my life for my Christian life? To get in with the church. Yeah, to be part of the church. Be baptized into the church. To me, that's, that's a prerequisite to anything. Uh, I've made the statement and I still believe it. A Christian will never reach his potential if he's not yoked up with the church. He can't. That's, that's just where he's got to be. It's, it's required. And after he's joined the church or she's joined the church... As the old saying, country saying, jump in whole hog. Jump in with both feet. Be a part of it. Don't just be there. Be a part of it. Yeah. Take the teaching. Take the preaching. Take the fellowship. Study the word and prayer. But, but above all, or not above all, but as importantly, when you jump in with both feet, is to turn loose. Turn loose of me and follow him. Amen. Yeah. Noticed almost all of the apostles, what he told them to do, to follow him. Don't get in front of him. Don't walk beside him. Follow him. And one of the, as Pam, I think, used the word, one of the most freeing things. For a Christian, one of the most freeing things they can do in their life is to turn loose of it and let God have his way. 
that's where the joy is in a Christian life. You know, I guess the world would look at that exactly backwards and say, well, you give up your life. What's left? That's where it starts. That's where the joy starts in a Christian life is to turn loose. Was it let go and let God? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Paul talks about here. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I urge you, brothers and sisters in Christ, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, not a dead sacrifice as in the Old <coughs> Testament, but a living sacrifice. Present yourself to God. What is it? Here I am, God. Send me. You take the steering wheel from the song. Jesus, take the wheel. You take the steering wheel of my life and I'll ride in the other seat. Yeah. What is it? The bumper sticker we don't like. God is my co-pilot. I need to get out of that seat and let him be the pilot. Because he knows what's best. He knows about tomorrow. He knows what's going to work in my life and what's not. I saw a play on that bumper sticker one time. It was, I guess someone had, had this same conversation yeah. and said, if God is your co-pilot, switch seats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps our problem as a world is we don't let our joy show enough. We walk around as miserable as everybody else. Maybe that's part of our problem. But he put some qualifications on presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, didn't he? Holy and acceptable to God. Now who's he telling to present their bodies? Us. So therefore, whose responsibility is it to present our body holy? The spirits? Christ? The churches? No, it's mine. It's mine. It's my duty to keep my life holy. It really is. To keep it from being stained with the sins of the world and the corruption of the world. It's my job to keep my life clean. And I have the tools to do it if I'm saved and if I've jumped in with both feet. I've got the tools to do that if I choose to do it. If I choose to do it. Then I can present my body. I love the... It, this is... Probably doesn't really happen, but it's okay. It makes a point. If there's two angels in heaven and they're discussing a job that needs done on earth, and one of them says, well, let's get, he's, let's get Fred to do it. The other one says, no. No, this is a really important job. I want Steve to do it. Yeah. That's what I want to be. I want to have my life such that when the Spirit needs something done, it can use me. Yeah. Sure. It can use me. It won't say... I don't know. We better go over here. No, I want to be where it can use me. Yeah, I want to keep my life in that shape. Yeah. But I've got to present a holy body. God will not use an unclean vessel. He won't. I've heard that said a few times, but it's true. Yeah. But to present our bodies a living sacrifice, is that not surrender? Surrender in our life? And as I said before, that's where the joy is, Brother Chris. 
That's where the joy is. Yeah. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Compared to being saved and given eternal life, that's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal at all, is it? If all this required of me is to keep my life holy and clean, to inherit eternal life, I'll take that deal all day long. Yeah. I'll ask you a lot, is it? No. Well, I mean, it's not a trade-off. No, no. By any means. No. Salvation is free. Mm -hmm. and, and, and really, the evidence that we have that is, is through the Spirit, our ability to overcome the flesh. Mm -hmm. Or overcome the world. I remember when, when the church ordained me, I remember Brother J.T. Young said, Brother Bobby, you can't live a perfect life. He said, but you can live a, a life above reproach and shame of the church, shame of the church. And that's what they expected of me. And, that, and to be honest, Brother Michael, that's a line that whenever I got close to it, those words echoed in my ears. And that's the Spirit this time mm -hmm. echoing it. And there's a lot of things that I stayed away from, not because I feared it or was worried about it, but because the church charged me to. Mm -hmm. But really, if you walk, remember, if you walk that close to the line, eventually you're going to fall off and step over it. Yeah. But Paul was urging these people to jump in with both feet. Yeah. To, to sacrifice. And I know to the world this sounds like, what a terrible life. To sacrifice what I want, what I, what I need, and just say, God, you're in charge of it. Lead on. What a joyous life that is. What a freeing life that is to get in that condition. Yeah. Back to the zone. Jesus, take the wheel. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Anyone else? Over when uh, Saul was talking, uh, well, he was talking to God, and God told him he grew tired of burnt offerings. He wanted his people to obey. Hmm. Yeah. But. But let me say this again. We have the tools to master the flesh if we choose to. If we choose to. If we want to. A Christian can master the flesh. That's who we rule over. Our flesh. But it's a ball and chain. I won't deny that. It'll go kicking and screaming. But we've got the tools to master the flesh. Teleheads that go up. He'd be surprised how many teenagers will let words slip, you know, bad words slip. Mm -hmm. And I would tell them it wouldn't fall out so easy if you didn't practice them so often. You know, like Bobby said, you get close enough to that line, you're going to fall over
And boy, here comes a big one. Verse number two. He's telling these Christians, he's telling us, and be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. And I know that's tough on younger Christians, Christians in schools, not to conform to the world. And to us too, if we're not careful, it'll rub off on us, won't it? If we're even us, us that's been saved for a long time, if we're not on our guard, the world will rub off on us. I'm not afraid to say that that's the world, without knowing it, that's almost the world's purpose is to yeah. rub off on us. Yeah. But he's saying, don't let the world shape us. Yeah. Don't let the world affect our speech. Don't let the world affect our dress. Don't let the world affect our attitude. Don't let the world affect our joy. Yeah. Don't let the world affect our outlook on life. Because that can be pretty bleak sometimes. I mean, what's the world got to look forward to? Nothing. Yeah. It's a world of no hope for the lost. But he said, don't let the world... What? To conform means, I know, I can go back to the potter. Don't let the world shape us. Don't let the world shape us. I remember, let me make sure I get it right. Well, I don't think I can get it out right now. We're part of the world. We have to be part of the world. We're, we work with the world. We go to Walmart, the world, you know, we can't be isolated from the world. That's it. We cannot be isolated from the world. We're to be light, aren't we? But we can be insulated from the world. Okay? Not isolated, but insulated. Yeah. So that the world doesn't rub off on us. Yeah. We're supposed Christ didn't reach the lost by staying away from them. No, no. He got in trouble. Mingling and, and amongst people mm -hmm. that other folks deemed as, mm -hmm. you know, not, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and not mm -hmm. worthy of their times and efforts. But he never conformed. He didn't, he didn't change yeah. his beliefs, uh, I guess, to justify what the world did, mm -hmm. but yet showed a, a more perfect, better way. The world didn't rub off on Christ, but Christ rubbed off on the world. Yes. And that's what Paul says next to us. But be ye transformed. We need to rub off on the world. And we can't do that if we're isolated from the world. But we need to rub off on the world. We need to rub off on our family. And how do we do that? By the previous verse. By being in whole hog, as I'll use the expression again, to be fully dedicated in our life to Christ, then we can rub off on the world. But how do you... They're going to walk in a different light in the world. They're going to see something different about us. And, and we'll be noticed. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we'll be ridiculed. But we'll never know who's sitting back there that might just be taking a look at us and say, I wonder what that guy's got. I wonder what that girl's got. Mm -hmm. 
they're always happy. They're always, uh, they always seem to be up. And uh, we, we've got people watching us that we don't know they're yeah. watching us. Yeah. And I'm going to go back 50 years where I, when I first started working uh, in Birmingham. I was a relatively new Christian. Uh, and I had tried to, to stay away from the things of the world and uh, where I worked, um, there was a bunch of young folks work there, and they liked their parties and stuff. And they'd ask me a time or two, and I'd say, no, I'm not going. And uh, one time, there was a party going on at one of their houses. And, and a good friend of mine came to me, and he said, I hope you didn't get your feelings hurt about not getting invited. But I told them not to invite you because you wouldn't come. That was not something that you would do. And I said, no, it didn't hurt my feelings at all. He said, I said, matter of fact, it kind of made me feel, uh, it, it kind of made me uh, lift it up a little bit mm -hmm. that somebody noticed mm -hmm. that I had turned that stuff down two or three times already. And he said, just don't, he's, he's not going to come. Just don't invite But he came to me to tell me that he didn't want to hurt my feelings by not inviting mm -hmm. me. Yeah. He realized that I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept the invitation like that. It's noticed even if you don't know it's noticed. People will see us and there'll be somebody that will desire what we've got. And Paul tells us now how to do it by the renewing of our minds. Uh, the battleground between the inner man and the outer man is right here in our minds. Yeah. I love the old children's song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see, because my mind will remember it. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Yeah. When I was a young man, a young Christian, I learned through experience and through the Scripture that garbage in is garbage out. I couldn't, when I was 10, 11, and 12, the things I heard and could quote, I could still do that today because that garbage is just there. And it's funny, but it's garbage. Yeah. And I had to practice. I had to, but it's still there. Yeah. From time to time, it'll hit me just like a ton of bricks and I got to, you know. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm not sad about it. Because I know what some people will never ever know, and that means you know as far as um, I know that 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 can happen to a child. I know a lot of people are sheltered. We got, and I don't mean that in a bad way. What I mean is this: we've got young people in the in, in, that live in this country today that don't have the freedoms that we had as children. Or our parents had. Now they had, they had to work hard and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and didn't have the technology and the the modern things. But they had more freedom than we do today. They got to keep more of their income. Um, they had, they got to choose different things they wanted to do. In other words, if you grow up without freedom, you don't miss it. And so I grew up 
unsheltered, so I know what can happen to young people sure. and how young people on that side grow up. And I've got family that's still raising their children that way. But praise God, some of them, the Lord reached, and they're in church now. Yeah. Some of them, uh, instead of what you would used to see and hear from their communications, is totally different now. And I'm just so thankful to the Lord. Because you know, it wasn't my responsibility to go out and personally do that, though I wanted to and thought when I was younger that, that I probably should. But God showed me He can do a whole lot more than I can just do what He wants me to do, and I'm good. Yeah. And if, if our minds are on the same thing that the world's mind's on all week, what's our attitude going to be like? Just like the world's. Yeah, just like the world's. Yeah. Let me finish this verse. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, and if I can add this, in my life. Yeah. If I can, if I'll present my body that living sacrifice and I'll keep my mind on things above, then God's will can be done in my life. Yeah. And he's going he's gonna to get in more and more with individuals, each individual here in the coming verses. But I'll, but I'll, I'll close with this. Let me ring the bell for the others. I've missed it. If I show you a painting of a white snow field about 10 inches deep, just a field of snow, and there's one red bird sitting in the picture, what are you going to look at? That red bird. He stands out. He stands out of that picture. If we keep our minds where they need to be and our lives where they need to be, our joy will stand out like that red bird in the world. Yeah. We don't have to carry a sign. We don't have to poke it down anybody's throat. They'll see it. Because, boy, if there's one thing the world notices fact, it's somebody that's got joy. Yeah, that's what they'll notice. All right, we'll stop with verse 2. Anyone a word? Just the word that, Brother Michael. That good. That perfect. Being transformed, he's specific. That. Mm -hmm. Being transformed, that is the perfect will of God in our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be more Christ-like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that he can use us. Yeah. All right, we'll pick up verse 3 next Sunday. Thanks, everyone, for your help. We'll go with that.